Amen. It's good to see you again. Uh, if you're here in, uh, or wherever you are, if you're here in the room or wherever you are out there, uh, you're going to be opening your Bibles with me in just a second to Hebrews chapter 10. But uh, before we do that, I just want to let you know that uh, we had another person put their faith in Jesus Christ, even with everything that's gone crazy around here. Uh, we can celebrate life change. And uh, even though you're not here uh, to be a part of what's happening right now in our room, you can still be a part of what's happening in God's church by uh, being uh, a giver. And uh, uh, we can't pass a plate and uh, from house to house, it would take way too long. But, uh, but you can't give online and want to encourage you to do that. I've uh, really, uh, since we've started doing that as a church, it's been a huge blessing for Eleanor and I to be able to give of the very first fruits of whatever we receive to God uh, electronically. And so you can do that even right now while I'm talking. You can go on our website and just uh, click the button there and, and uh, fill in all the prompts. It'll, it'll help you be a part of what's going on in our church moving forward as we seek to be uh, the church in this time for those who need us most. Um, I, I want to just invite you to join me now in the scriptures as uh, we kind of continue what we started last week. Last week we talked about fear, and, and this week we're going to continue in a series that I'm calling uh, What Really Matters? Uh, we're in a season where we get to ask that question maybe more than we have uh, in other parts of life. So, um, uh, But I want to start with this question. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I know people in the room are saying they're, they're fine. I'm, I'm glad you are. Uh, but I, I'm asking you as, as you're listening to me right now in your world, how you doing? I pray it's well, uh, even as much as of, of what we have come to expect as our normal uh, pieces of life have been altered, at least for the time being. Uh, I'm getting used to parts of it, uh, but it's still kind of surreal, if I uh, am being honest. I mean, what a, what a difference a couple of weeks makes. I remember just two weeks ago going into grocery stores and finding shelves stocked with anything I wanted. Uh, now, bread and especially toilet paper is still a problem, but uh, uh, other staples, you know, they, they go quickly and, you know, we've been told to limit ourselves to certain numbers of items. It's, it's just the new world that we're in. We're going to be hanging out more at home. Uh, two weeks ago, our kids were anxious for spring break to arrive and now it's never going away. That's not true. We'll get back someday, but I bet your parents are praying really hard right now. In fact, let's all just kind of hold hands. Well, don't hold hands. Can't do that anymore, but, uh, <laughs> but let's all just pray, you know, for the parents who are... Uh, housed with their kids right now, that everything goes well. Uh, earlier this month, uh, it was uh, in the realm of possibility to meet some friends for a meal at a favorite restaurant, and while there, maybe even look up your portfolios to admire the recent increases in your retirement account, if uh, you happen to have one and you're into that. <laughs> Those days are gone. Uh, for some watching today, heading into work, for our next shift at the beginning of even this past week was a given. Uh, but now even that has changed. Uh, to be sure, the normal, as we knew it, has, has pulled an Elvis. It has left the building. <laughs> it was just a couple weeks ago that uh, we gathered in this room. Uh, and I stood on this stage and I spoke to a crowd full of you guys. Uh, but now that stage is, uh, is a studio. And uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, we'll be hanging out like this uh, for weekends to come. Uh, it's a flawed medium, but I am super grateful for the internet right now. Is everybody with me? Uh, that it allows us to at least, you know, uh, continue to connect in the ways that we are. And uh, I want to thank the many staff and volunteers, many of them uh, sitting around me right now as I'm talking to you, uh, for rising to the challenge that has been issued us uh, in taking our church online I pray that we as a church will be even more engaged in this season 
in becoming the disciples who make disciples that God wants us to be. And to that end, uh, we're going to take uh, these next couple weeks before uh, Palm Sunday and Easter arrive uh, to continue talking about what we started last week, what really matters in life. We started last week with a talk on, on what matters most in the wake of all the fear-inducing news and, and the changes that have, have marked life recently. And, and we, we learned this from Matthew chapter 6. God, Matthew chapter 6, how's it going? God's mandate is clear. Uh, we are to live by faith and never in fear. Uh, we read a sermon that Jesus gave there in Matthew about this very idea. Uh, if you weren't able to join us, you can actually, after I'm done, uh, go into our arch archive and watch that message if you'd like. You probably have time. Uh, well, we said this from Matthew chapter 6, therefore, Jesus said this to the crowd he was preaching to, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. We saw it together that as the story of Scripture unfolds in, in all the, the parts of the Bible that we read, God comes to regular folks like you and me, and he just says to us in our times of need, hey, fear not, over and over again, fear not, because uh, he would be with them in every facet of their lives. By his word, uh, he is commanding us to do the same in this current situation that we find ourselves in. Don't be anxious about your life, Jesus is saying. God's got us. Uh, if he's able to feed the birds and clothe the plants in splendor, how much more will he take care of us? those that he has created above all creations, those who bear his image. Uh, I pray that uh, if you watched last week, you've been invoking that phrase that I just uh, said a, a second ago, that God's got us. Um, he always has. He always will. When your fears spike, say it out loud. God's got us. May his praise ever be on our lips. And may we move forward in the knowledge that he is always in control. So that was last week. Um, where we go next comes courtesy of a failed cup of coffee. Let me explain. I uh, started drinking coffee about a year ago. I am catching up on what I missed. <laughs> I drink a lot of it, and I have a, a Keurig in my office. This is my coffee cup, Baylife, uh, you know, supporting coffee cup, uh, and I, I use a Keurig. And so I, I uh, uh, in the midst of a very, a very busy week, you, you might be happy to know, I think I'm busier now that you're not coming to church than I was when you were coming to church. But in a very busy week, uh, I decided to have a cup of coffee and I, I went through my normal routine. If anybody drinks coffee, you know the, the routine at your house. And, uh, and I sat down and I listened to the whirring of the Keurig, um, you know, as this coffee was being dispensed, uh, or so I thought, into my cup. I went and grabbed it. And I went to take a drink, and all I had was hot water. I had forgotten in the process of making coffee to add the coffee. Uh, I <laughs> thought about that. I laughed at myself because I do this kind of stuff often. Have you heard me preach? Anyway, uh, um, but I, I thought as I was walking, uh, you know, back to the bathroom that, uh, you know, I would dump the water in and, and start the whole process over in. Um, th there's really just some fundamental things that go into a Keurig cup of coffee. You've got to have the cup. You gotta have the Keurig, which was too big to haul out here. You gotta have the pod. I forgot that in the last cup. And you gotta have some water. And that's it. Coffee. So what's a coffee bungle story have to do uh, with where we stand in human history and with the things we're about to read from the scriptures? Well, I think uh, we find ourselves in this slowdown slash shutdown period of our existence um, uh, with an excellent opportunity an excellent opportunity to be reminded again, or, or perhaps to learn for the first time, if you're joining us kind of new, uh, what the truly irreducible elements of this life are. 
and to focus in on, on what really matters when you boil everything down. See, life gets overly complicated, much like some of the coffee uh, orders that you and I have. This is actually in the Starbucks app that I use uh, when I order coffee. I order a Trenta iced coffee, light ice, splash of heavy cream, one stevia, three pumps of sugar-free vanilla, and no classic syrup. That's way too complicated. Has anybody been making your order at a coffee place, and then the guy behind you goes, I'll just have coffee black? I wish I was that guy. I want a simple order, just like I want a simple life the longer I live. Uh, the more I long for simplicity, and I'm not just talking about the material uh, simple way that you know is becoming popular on television these days. Um, it, it's true that we don't really need that much to fill our lives, and we certainly don't have to spend so much time pursuing things that don't matter. Eleanor, my wife, wants us to move into a, the 35-foot 1954 Spartan land mansion that is still yet finished uh, in our front yard, and just call it a day. Just live in, you know, 300 square feet and. Um, and that it, she even wants to live off the grid. She'd love to get the solar panels, the whole thing. I've yet to agree to that. Anyway, um, <laughs> but that's not the kind of simple that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a simplicity that lands in the most important area of our existence, the, the spiritual realm. I'm talking about stripping away the excesses uh, that impede our spiritual lives, that, um, that we go on a, a mission in these next few weeks as life slows down to decrease the noise of doubt and dismay and to crank up the volume of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, see, I, I'm committed, I pray you are too, in this season to make more of God and less of me in life, to, to, to see things simpler and to pursue those things. So it is that uh, I believe that God wants us to use this new normal that we find ourselves in to point us to himself, to help shed a uh, to help us shed those unnecessary concerns that the, the hectic schedules that we have kind of been slowed down from seem to always add uh, to our worlds. So in view of this, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to study just six verses of the Bible. They're in uh, Hebrews chapter 10. If you want to turn there with me, I'm going to start reading in verse 19 in just a second. But just a little bit about Hebrews. Hebrews is this uh, long epistle. We're not exactly sure who wrote it, but uh, uh, the writer of the Hebrews spends the first almost ten and a half chapters basically arguing for the supremacy of Christ. In short, um, as he writes to this group of Jewish believers, early Jewish believers who had come out of the Jewish faith, um, they were apparently having a hard time uh, elevating Jesus to his rightful place above all of the other pieces of the old covenant that they had been a part of. Um, and so systematically, the writer of Hebrews talks about the supremacy of Christ in terms of uh, angelic beings and even Moses and the law and, 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 and the temple uh, system. He, he just keeps in different ways uh, showing that, that Christ is the fulfillment of all things that the law pointed to. He summarizes here uh, in, in the uh, 19th verse of chapter 10, and he kind of gives us uh, over the you know, and we're going to study them over the next three weeks, these three imperatives that I think build <laughs> the what really matters life that we're, have to, we're supposed to have with Christ. Uh, they are as follows. Uh, in verse 22, he, te he tells us to draw near to God. Uh, these words that we'll read later in just a second, um, uh, they're just a reprisal of something he's already said in the book. In chapter 4, verse 16, he says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God, the throne of grace, pardon me, that we, receive, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Anybody feel like we're in a time of need? Yeah. 
in our times of need, those of us who understand who God is and who his son Jesus is, we draw near uh, to God. He's our first stop, our only stop. Uh, and we need to, in, in this season, be dedicated to ourselves to him in prayer and in study and in the discipleship of our families and everything. Boil down everything else in life away and what we need most in life, period, is God. Now, next week, we'll look at a, a couple other imperatives that kind of appear in these verses. The next one is, is the, uh, the command to hold fast. Now, we'll study that next week, but... Um, Suffice it to say in this week that uh, there's lots of things in life that separate us from God, that, that seek to pull us away. They're grip looseners, as it were, um, uh, that, that kind of pry us away from the things that we know about God and the things that we're supposed to believe about God. When my kids were little, they used to get a toy in their hands. Anybody remember this? And, and uh, we'd tell them to share with their brother or sister. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm picturing two-year-old Cooper just clamping down with these little stubby nubs, you know, around something that was way too big for his hand, but he just wasn't letting it go. And, and uh, I don't know if I'm a bad dad for doing this, but I just like kind of pulling them one by one. Does anybody remember doing that? Just one by one, pulling the... I said, no, you're, I'm bigger than you. You're not going to keep that. Anyway, I feel like uh, the world comes to us, and uh, as we get our grip around who Jesus is and, and how we're supposed to live with him, the world seeks to pull our fingers one by one away from what we're meant to hold fast to. We must war against this compulsion that we feel to let go of our faith in God. It's not of God. It's of our adversary. Instead, like it says later in the same chapter in Hebrews 10, it says in verse 35, therefore do not throw away your confidence, which is a great reward, for you have need of endurance. Hold fast so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So, so much of what God wants to teach us and provide for us hinges on our willingness and our determination to trust in him and to hang on to him. Our confident clinging to Christ will lead to great rewards uh, that only he can give us. Uh, the last piece of what really matters in the Christ life is one that involves those around us. And next week we'll learn more about the importance of spurring others on. That's the third thing, spur people on. Draw near to God, hold fast to him, and then go and spur others on. That, that's what really matters in life. Let me read the verse that we'll cover next week uh, that, that gives us this idea. It says in verse 24 of Hebrews chapter 10, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And let's not, it goes on to say, let's not forsake the gathering together of one another. Um, what the writer of Hebrews is, is trying to instill in us, and many of the others who wrote in the Bible uh, echo his hopes, is that once, once we've drawn near to God, and once we've held fast to him and determined that we're going to stay with him, once, once we're the disciples we're meant to be, our mission is to go and make disciples of others, to be, uh, that word there is actually agitant, to be someone who's an agitator of those around us uh, towards uh, loving Jesus Christ. I love the people who that's just their nature. Has anybody heard from someone in the last couple of weeks uh, just checking in on you, seeing how you're doing? I was sitting this morning in my office preparing this message, and a guy in my life group named Chris just texts me really early in the morning. He's like, hey, man, just wondering what's up. Is there anything I can do for you? And I wrote him back and assured him, no, man, we're covered. But I said, man, thanks so much. That's the Christ life. The Christ life looks outside of you and says, hey, man, is there anything that I can do to encourage you, to provide for you, to, to help you in your follow of Jesus? Is there anything that you need? It's like we're spiritual spotters in that regard. I used to work out more 
at all. Uh, but I used to work out, and, 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 and when I would go to the gym with a buddy, we would take turns spotting each other on the, on the bench press. And um, you're, as a spotter, you've got two roles. Your first role is to just yell at the person until you're blue in the face, you know, calling them all kinds of names uh, so that eventually uh, they'll get whatever they're pushing up off their chest. Your, your second role is to keep that thing that they're pushing from killing them. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a real key. Your, your job is to make sure that the, the bar doesn't crush their sternum. Um, spiritually speaking, like it tells us in the Proverbs, we're meant to be uh, as iron sharpens iron, as, as those who uh, spot each other in the spiritual life, uh, encouragers and protectors and providers wherever we can. So we'll tackle holding fast and spurring on next week. Uh, but let's talk about drawing near this week. Uh, if you'll read with me from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 19, it says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters... Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus and by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us, there it is, draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In these verses, uh, we have that one imperative, draw near to God. But this one command is surrounded with, with a bunch of hows, like how this is possible, and whys that we as God's children might wonder about if we're going to truly seek to draw near to him. I love that our Heavenly Father, uh, even though he could and, and does ask us to obey without explanation, often provides explanation for the things that he tells us to do. Now, it's not unlike our kids, you know, when uh, we were teaching them to swim, and one of the first things we taught them to do was jump in the pool. And... Uh, Especially Cooper had questions about, you know, the wisdom in this. Is this a good idea? Uh, how do I not drown? I'm going to drown, Daddy. And so I had to assure Coop, no, bro, I'm here. I'm not going to let you drown. I'll catch you. And I'm even going to teach you how to swim. It's going to be fun. Well, why should I bother, Daddy? Well, because swimming and diving are a blast. And it may come in handy if you're ever in a boat that has a hole in it. Right? <laughs> uh, kids want to know. Christians want to know. So God, through the writer of Hebrews, lets us know why it is that we need to draw near to God. It's what really matters in life. Uh, we even heard last week as we were studying in the book of Matthew that uh, we're told to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and that everything else that we could worry about, he'll take care of it. That's a constant refrain in scripture, to draw near to God. Here in Hebrews, we're told to draw near to God because, uh, first of all, we are granted access to God by Christ. It'd be dumb not to, after all that Christ has gone through, to make us uh, one with God again, to not take advantage of, not just initially, many of us having already received Christ, but perpetually and always drawing near to God because of the, the way that was made for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Look at those verses again. It says in verse 9, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, I love that word, confidence, you and I can um, come boldly to the throne of grace uh, because of Jesus. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus and by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, let us draw near. In the Jewish faith, uh, uh, those who are reading would understand this uh, immediately because uh, in the Jewish faith, you, God could only be accessed at the temple. Like you had to come see the priest and, and make sacrifices. Certainly you could pray and ask things, but, but if you truly wanted to be atoned, if you truly wanted to connect with God, you came to his agent here on earth, and that was a Levite. But, but now, in this age, through Christ, we draw near to God through our faith in him. 
because he opened the way for us. Remember he told his, his followers that? I am the way, yeah. He opened the way for us uh, to be connected with God through our faith in him. It says there in verse 20 that he opened a way for us through the curtain. Uh, again, a Jewish uh, you know, phrase that would be immediately understood by these readers. Oh yeah, when, when the curtain that was in the temple that separated the, the place of the Holy of Holies where God exists uh, from the other courts of the temple, when that temple at the, at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was torn in two, sealing the floor, it represented the fact that uh, no longer would we have to go through an earthly priest to gain access to God the Father. We now uh, went through uh, the priest that he sent us, his son, who was not just our priest, but our sacrifice. Uh, he is the only key that opens the door in life uh, that connects us to God. Uh, I have a master key that's on my key ring, uh, and it's, uh, uh, it's one, the only key that opens the door to my office. Uh, would anybody want to guess if I've ever, over the 16 years of being here, locked my keys in my office on a Sunday? Uh, there's been Sundays when I've uh, realized that, and everybody who has that key is gone. I've got to make phone calls. I usually call Jody Sauer first. He lives closest. And I can't tell you the joy I feel when I see Jody uh, break the threshold of the hallway door because I know I get to go home now because she can open uh, what had been locked before. Uh, Christ is our key. He's our way. Um, as a Christ follower, we have access to the Father through Christ and Christ alone. Uh, the author continues with his hows and whys by letting us not know that not only is Christ uh, giving us access, but we, we have an advocate in Christ as well. We, we should draw near to God because um, Christ stands as our great high priest now advocating before uh, our heavenly father on our behalf. It says in verse 21, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, um, let us draw near. Jesus isn't just our provision for our sins. He's not just the sacrifice that was given for our sins to be forgiven. Uh, he's also the priest, our advocate, who, who makes that sacrifice possible. He sits, it tells us now, uh, we were studying the Apostles' Creed a little while ago. He sits at the right hand of the Father in authority over all that is. And he attests from that place uh, uh, to his place in our hearts, to the Father. He says, no, Rudy's with me. Glenn's with me. Uh, they're a part of us because they have faith in what I've accomplished in their name. He not only advocates on our behalf to the Father, but he also guides us in the same way that a priest guides, uh, you know, back in the days of the temple. Uh, he would do the sacrifices for you and, and be the go-between between you and God, but he would also uh, be the, the truth teller, the, the lawgiver, the, the reminder of how life was supposed to go. Uh, people kind of see me, I guess, in some ways as a priest of this sort, they come to me for direction of life. But you know what I do every time I counsel with someone? I go to the great high priest. I pray to Jesus that he would speak through me if I'm going to have anything good to say to this person and that he would guide us into whatever's best for us in life. He's our shepherd. He's our priest. He gives us access through his, uh, his, his blood being shed. He gives us uh, an advocate. He is our advocate before our heavenly father. And because those things are true, uh, we can draw near to God. Is anybody grateful for the fact that we can draw near to God? Like I know I'm supposed to preach this stuff, and this is commonly known, especially by those who are circling me here today. Maybe you too. But it is miraculous, stupendous, that we get to draw near to the holy God who made all things. If, if you've been kind of sweating it and fretting it these days, if, if you've been angry at God for what's going on, wondering what's taking him so long to answer your prayers, 
Can you pause for a second and just revel in the fact that you can talk to him at all? That you can be a part of him at all? That he loves us despite us? <laughs> we can draw near to God. Verse 22, it says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. When we draw near to God, he wants us to come in a couple different ways. He wants us to come with a true heart. This means that our hearts need, as we come to God, to be free from the mess that the world can bring to it. I love that the heart is often, uh, it's almost you know, seen as like a tablet. It's like a, uh, something that you write on. Um, it tells us uh, in the scriptures that uh, David wrote this, your words have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you, right? It's almost like this place where uh, it's a scribble pad uh, where, where God can write his truth down uh, and, and we can be free from the falsehoods. Uh, I'm reading a book right now that basically describes discipleship that way. It's not learning more. We already know a lot of what we need to know in order to follow Christ. It's just unlearning the stuff that isn't him. And, and, and kind of shaking the extra sketch. That's an old statement. But just, you know, push and delete on all the things that don't need to be there. We have crowded hearts. I was handed a card recently, someone on our staff, uh, John Gelfenstein is retiring after many, many years of service here. And uh, so we had this big card. Everybody got to sign it. I was the last one. Has anybody been the last one to sign a big card? I had like a quarter of an inch of space to, you know, write my heart, you know, felt, you know, message to my friend Jonna. I just said, hey, I'll write you, you know, I didn't say this, but I, I thought in my mind as I'm saying, thanks for all your hard work, Mark, I'll write you something where there's more room. I think God, uh, as we draw near to him, wants to have the, the, the clean sheet of our heart to write on. He wants to have the whole thing. A true heart means a whole heart. Uh, he wants to uh, be able in, in that time of our drawing near to him to, to give us his truth so that we might walk with him into whatever we face here in the world. He, he, he doesn't want us just to, to come with whole hearts. He wants us to come in full assurance, it says there. Draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Confident that he has us and everything around us in control. So let me read that verse I read a little bit earlier. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. I'm so grateful that in this season where there's lots going on, I can have confidence in an all-powerful God that he will provide our every need. Amen. And that even in this time, he wants us to draw near to him and to the hopes that he has for our lives. I'll just briefly comment. It says there that we need to be sprinkled clean or that we've been sprinkled clean, that, clean, that we've been washed with pure water. These are all allusions to uh, things that happened at the temple back in the at the beginning of the law in Exodus chapter 24, the, the, the original covenant of the law was sealed by a sacrifice and they took the blood of that sacrifice and, and Aaron actually, uh, you know, and Moses, they, 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 they sprayed it on the children of Israel as a sign of their connection to a God. The covenant was sealed. Their cleansing was secured. In the same way, we've been sprinkled clean uh, by the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and we are, in that confidence, able to come boldly to the throne of grace. We've been washed with pure water, certainly allusions there to baptism, but, but think about this. You and I, messed up and as dirty as we are in our sin, we appear as spotless to the Father in heaven because of the spotless nature of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's the truth. And so we come with that confidence 
in the face of COVID-19. We come to the throne of grace, expecting uh, our God to hear us and deliver us and provide for us. We'll trust him until he does. We'll seek him as we draw near to him in new ways, using this slowdown as a time to reconnect with him. And so now, as we get ready to sing our last song, a couple challenges as we go. You're locked in your house with your family, or if you aren't yet, maybe you will be. A third of us in the country already are. Maybe that's coming. I don't know. But if that happens, can you take advantage of this opportunity, this slowdown, this shutdown, to do a couple things? First of all, deepen yourself as you draw near to God personally. Uh, maybe uh, put down your uh, computer or your uh, TV remote control, uh, your iPad that has all the bad news on it, and open up the book that has the good news in it. And take some time to read the things that God has for us in life. Uh, you're going to have the time. Leverage it. Use it for his glory. The other thing, I'll talk more about this next week, but um, you're going to have more time with your family than you ever have. I hope you're starting to enjoy it. <laughs> uh, but, but beyond just kind of getting through it, could you even maybe, you know, schedule some times to pastor your house? Just spend some time with your kids. There's going to be opportunities online for you to take advantage of through our website. But, you know, just you personally. Uh, if you're already doing it, God bless you, keep going. But, but if you haven't yet, just take your whole family into the Word of God. Take your whole family into a time of prayer. Even if you're not together, you know, uh, text message prayers. Uh, go on Facebook and pray together. Just use this time to draw near to our God. As we do this, uh, he provides. Um, in fact, our holding on to him, uh, it as it says later in the same chapter, it's, it's all contingent on us, um, you know, us receiving from him is all contingent on us holding on to him, holding fast to the things that only he can give. So as we sing that song that we sang right before I came up here, uh, my prayer is that we would sing it with this full assurance that this God who is our way maker and our miracle worker, this God who is able to do way more than we can even think or ask. This God, who even as, as I'm preaching this thing, as you're listening to me today, is at work behind the scenes, hearing us, responding to our prayers, uh, fulfilling his will for us, using everything that's going on in our world for his glory and our good. Now, let's walk forward in our days together, confident in the way maker. Can I pray for us? God, thanks so much for a chance. Um, to hear your word, to be reminded of its truth, to, to respond to, to what really matters in life. God, I pray that you, in the next couple of weeks, just um, affirm these things and, and instill these things in our hearts, uh, that drawing near to you and holding fast to you and then spurring on those around us, that those are the irreducibles of the Christ life. Uh, grant us those things, God. Thanks for being our way maker. Thanks for being the one who can lead us through everything in life. Uh, help us to hold fast to you in these, these days. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.